Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi team, Magli here, and it is going to be just me today. I'm feeling a little bit nervous. I've been procrastinating recording this episode, and I'm not really quite sure why, although I say that, and inevitably I do know why, because I have some things that I'm going to talk about, and I feel a little bit apprehensive talking about them. I think, so firstly, I'm feeling quite emotional. Um, Some things have been going on in life, not just to do with me, but around me, and it's feeling quite heavy. A friend of mine is at the moment being tested for potentially bone marrow cancer, and I just found out this morning. And yeah, it's um, it's sad. Life can be cruel. At the weekend, we were also at a funeral for my childminder's daughter, who was in a car accident at the beginning of the year. She is 22 years old, or she was 22 years old when she passed away. And the funeral was unbelievably um, brutal and heartbreaking. And during the service, I could just hear her mom or we could all hear her mom you know literally wailing and it's tough those things weigh heavy yeah kind of it does put life into perspective but at the same time I'm also trying not to beat myself up for feeling you know frustrated at the smaller things in life but just trying to acknowledge that you know um yeah life can be cruel life can be short and can we appreciate the small things, although I know that sometimes it's really hard to appreciate the small things, especially if you're in the depths of of whatever it is that you're that you're going through. Yeah, I think I feel like recently I've seen a lot of people posting um, on social media, you know, that they're finding life hard, and I'm really grateful that I and we live in a time where it's becoming more and more acceptable and more and more encouraged to talk about how we feel the negative just as much as the positive especially because we live in a time where social media is such a big part of our lives but inevitably you know what we all post on social media tends to be highlights and I think with that sometimes I do get anxious and I do worry that I might come across too negative, um, not just on the podcast, but on social media. Um, and even sometimes when I just talk to people, talk to friends and they're like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, you know, ups and downs. But I think it's just honest um, and, and it's true. And sometimes I wonder if I'm just always expecting or not even just me I wonder if anyone else might relate to this let me know I wonder if I just expect life to just be amazing a hundred percent of the time and when you think about it it's not really realistic is it but I think social media does fuel that because again what we see is highlight after highlight after highlight of just the amazing things that people are doing the amazing places people are going to and exploring and 
if you're not doing that, yeah, I think it feels like maybe you're not living the best life that you should. And oh, fuck me, this caption, living my best life. And it's like, are you, are you really? Because I don't know, are we, are any of us living our best lives? And at, at the risk of sounding really doom and gloom, sometimes I wonder if, you know, life is hard and, and it's okay that life is hard. Um, and it's okay to not be ecstatic a hundred percent of the time. And admittedly, I think that I've been living with the expectation that I should be ecstatic 100% of the time. And if I'm not, then I must be doing something wrong. Then my life mustn't be good enough, if that makes sense. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to come to terms with. And it's something that I'm, you know, I guess the theme of, of today's episode of the podcast, because so my sister and I did an episode a couple of weeks ago, and I spoke about going back to therapy. And I'm a little bit nervous at admitting the catalyst for this. Um, and when it happened, George said to me, Magli, you don't have to tell anyone. No one has to know. And I'm getting a bit emotional. I can feel myself. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that I do want to talk about it because I think, again, we live in a society where there's such high expectations to just live amazingly. And if you don't live amazingly, you feel like your life is shit. And I can only hope to just bring a little bit of like normality um, to, to life, you know, to you if you listen to the podcast that life isn't amazing 100% of the time and that's okay it's okay it, it is okay i'm i'm telling you that as much as i'm trying to convince myself that because as much as i am starting to accept it you can't help but hope of course who doesn't want to just laugh 24/7 do you know what i mean who doesn't want to just live the best version of themselves 100% of the time of course we all do but I just I don't think it's feasible I don't think it's realistic and like my sister really well said the other week on the podcast I really recommend the episode with her by the way if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it um I think it's called mum or project manager such oh my gosh it was so so good such a good conversation but anyway she talks about at the time when she was in therapy um, how her therapist had said that, you know, a heartbeat, it goes up and down. And if you don't have those ups, but also those downs, you flatline, right? You're, you're dead. So yeah, that was such a good analogy and something, something I'm trying to just keep with me. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel nervous. I, I think I have touched on um, recently that things have been ebbing and flowing for me and there have been more ebbs than flows and I have been to my GP to talk about it and I am officially on antidepressants and the first thing I feel is shame and embarrassment and guilt that I don't know, I didn't have the tools to make myself better without this medication. And I think also being a yoga teacher, that being, you know, my profession, I feel like a fraud. I feel like, what the fuck? I, I'm a yoga teacher. Surely it should be innate in me to make myself good mentally. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, that's such bad wording, but I know you know what I mean. Like, how, how am I not able to be kind to myself, to take care of myself mentally, physically, and emotionally when actually I do have the tools because I give them to people every single day. Um, 
and I'm trying not to be too hard on myself and not to beat myself up because I think what I have come to realize and again I'll um, talk about this a little bit more but what I have come to realize is that hopefully it makes me even more empathetic um, and makes me understand people even more um, and inevitably makes me a better person and a better yoga teacher. I think for a long time I felt like a fraud. Who am I to be holding space for people, mainly women I work with, to be kinder to themselves if I'm not always in the position to do that for myself? Anyway, needless to say, I, yes, have started antidepressants and it's it's been tough. I was offered them almost a year ago and I'd said no. Um, I think I was in a little bit of denial. Um, and also I think my ego, right? Like I was saying, I was like, no, I know what to do. I just need to meditate. I just need to do a bit of yoga. I just need to eat some salad. Like, <laughs> no, and it just, it doesn't work like that. Sometimes there's genuinely a chemical issue in the brain and, and that's okay. So I've been on them for almost, yeah, a good couple of weeks now, actually. Although by the time you hear this, it'll probably be about a month. And admittedly, at first, I'm shaking, by the way, telling you this, I, I don't say things, you know, share my life lightly. It's, I just, I genuinely feel called to share these things, the reality of life and the hardships that can come with, you know, becoming a mom, but not just becoming a mom, just being a human and an adult in this modern, fast-paced world and society where there's so much pressure to be amazing, so much pressure to do, so much pressure to succeed and achieve and blah, 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 blah. And the noise is so, so loud. And I've not been coping. I've not been coping with those pressures. Um, so yeah, it's difficult because don't we all want to be like, you know, what's the word? Inspirational, right? And I feel like, what the fuck? Like, who is going to want to listen to me just drone on and on about how hard motherhood is <laughs> or how hard life is? But my hope is really just to bring a little bit of reality and um, to tell you that if you're going through anything similar, um, it's okay, first and foremost. And secondly, it gets better. It really does get better. Um, and then maybe it gets better and then maybe, you know, it gets a little bit harder again, but inevitably it gets even better after. Do you know what I mean? So there's always two steps forward and maybe there is a step back, but then it's another two steps forward and then maybe another step back and then maybe another two steps forward. But there is that upward trajectory. I promise you. Um, anyway, so I will say I, the NHS is amazing, um, in theory. However, you know, in execution, sometimes the NHS, it can be really difficult. I will say though, that finally, when I did manage to meet my GP, she was absolutely fucking phenomenal. And I'm so, so grateful. So, so grateful. I walked in there. I was so nervous. I'm shaking a little bit like now, if <laughs> if you could see me. Um, I just, I'm nervous, guys. I'm nervous. Um, anyway, and I spoke to her and she, you know, said that I know, Magli, you're not really for the antidepressants, but they really would help. I recommend them, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to prescribe them to you. You don't even have to pick them up immediately, but just know that they will be there should you want to or should you decide that actually this might be the route for you? So I did decide to pick them up um, directly on the day I went to the pharmacy. <laughs> I got my prescription and actually I felt really embarrassed. I was like, I actually asked 
the GP if I was allowed to pick them up from the surgery themselves um, if for whatever reason there was a way that they could bring them to the, the doctor's surgery and they said no and that's okay but I felt so embarrassed just to go to the chemist and for them to see that you know I, I was on sertraline. Sertraline is the antidepressant that I'm on. Um, you might recognize it. It's the same one that my friend Joe spoke about um, and said that she was on as well a few episodes ago. Um, another great <laughs> episode by the way if you haven't listened to it. Anyway yeah I felt so embarrassed. I was like oh my god these people are gonna know. These people are gonna know that that I'm not okay. I um, mean I felt such shame in that but anyway I went and got them. It was fine. They probably don't even look right at what they what they're giving you. Um, he just asked for my address, gave it to him and and off I went and actually I remember on my way home I was holding them in my hand and on my way home I met a neighbour just like a quick hi hello but I remember stuffing my medication in my pocket absolutely mortified at the thought that and it's hardly it's not like the packet there's there's hardly big letters saying antidepressants on them right like you would have to read so carefully to know what was in there but I was just so nervous so nervous anyway I got home and I immediately I tried to call George I tried to call my sister I tried to call my mum I felt shaky I felt nervous the I think the adrenaline the anxiety of being on the medication maybe the acceptance also that actually wow I, I think I did I did need this and I probably hadn't needed it for a while but I hadn't come to terms with that and that's okay no one was picking up and I felt so frustrated I was like what is anyone doing surely like you need to be here for me I realized that you know normal people have normal jobs and they're at work and that's okay um finally I got through to them one by one and I don't know why I sort of just felt the need to like break the news to my closest people as if it was like this big thing and I remember telling all of them basically a similar version of I don't want to talk about it I just feel that you should know that I'm now on this medication and all of them um I think my sister is the first one I spoke to and actually I remember saying to her you know I don't want to talk about it but just wanted to update you that I'm on this medication and she said that's okay and I just absolutely burst into tears so much so that I said to her okay I I need to go now because I couldn't even I couldn't even speak and I didn't speak to her until the next day actually I just left it at that and I'm grateful that she didn't try calling me back actually she might have sent me a text just being like love you or something like that um and then I spoke to my mum for a long time and then I spoke to George and then finally spoke to Joe um my friend who you know has gone through a similar situation and I remember her advising me to make sure to have some food the first time I took them or not the first time actually any time I take the medication to make sure that it's with with a meal because she's experienced um, bouts of nausea if she doesn't eat. Anyway um, I feel like this is really long-winded um, so yeah that's where I'm at. The first I remember the doctor actually the DP saying do not google I remember this actually she said do not google the what are the what's it called the side effects because obviously oh my gosh they have to say like the worst side effects worst case scenario but luckily I'm not a hypochondriac so I'm not actually want to google side effects and things like that um she did say that potentially symptoms of low mood and depression could get worse the first couple of days 
first few days and you know I might experience a bit of nausea a bit of um you know might be feeling uh, lethargic and things like that yeah first couple of days I felt shaky I felt like my skin was a bit fuzzy um I felt on edge and anxious and it's funny because I don't know if it's it's probably a mixture of both but in my head I was like is it actually the medication or is it my anxiety towards taking this and my acceptance that, oh my God, actually, and maybe my body's just responding to having surrendered to the fact that I've not been okay. And it's all kind of physically manifesting itself through the shakes is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I was shaky and like, you know, imagine you have way too much coffee and you feel just on edge and you're a bit fuzzy. And that's how, that's how I was feeling. Um, and then admittedly that lasted a couple of days and then admittedly, yeah, it sort of just went. Um, and I've been feeling, I've been feeling okay. Admittedly, I've been feeling quite good. It's amazing what popping a few pills can do to you. <laughs> and I have, I've spoken to another friend. Um, I'm not going to mention her name, but just because, you know, it's a personal topic, but who shared with me, and I'm really grateful, she shared with me that um, she in the past had also been on antidepressants and she hadn't taken them for very long because actually she said that she didn't like the way it made her feel, not that she experienced physical symptoms, but she was never sure. When she felt something, she was like, I don't know if it's the medication or if actually I'm feeling better in myself. And I really resonate with that because that's sort of how I've been feeling. I feel like I am feeling much better and I'm like, is it me? Is it the pills? Is it a mixture of both? Is it the placebo effect? You know, is it just things in life, circumstances are changing and maybe I'm like just accepting? Um, and so that is a little bit frustrating, but then I'm also trying to think like, who gives a shit? right? If I feel better, what the fuck does it matter? Why? Surely the goal is just to, to feel better. George, actually, this made me laugh. So I pay for my medication. <laughs> and um, it was it was like nine pounds something, let's say a tenner, 10 pounds for like four weeks worth. And George was like, and this is so true. He was like, 10 pounds for happiness. That's a fucking bargain, to be fair. And it's so true. Like, I spend much more than that on wine a month. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy the amount of money that we spend on stuff that wouldn't make us feel better. But yeah, sometimes we're so unwilling to spend money on things that actually would genuinely be so beneficial for our mental and physical well-being. Like, you know, antidepressants or going to a yoga class or, you know, money for a retreat or a spa day, a massage. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, that's that. Where was I? Oh yeah, so I, alongside that, I will admit that my GP was really good. They haven't just like longed me off with medication. She has referred me to the mental health service um, through the NHS. Admittedly, I'm in a lucky position where I have decided to go private because I don't want to wait. The wait list is quite long, you know, to be able to see a counsellor therapist through the NHS. 
So I have decided to go private and I had my first session. Um, oh, I'm getting nervous again. I'm like shaky. Um, I had my first session a couple weeks ago. So at the moment I'll be going bi-weekly and yeah, the first session was good. I did kind of arrived and I was like, it's funny because in my head, I feel like therapy. I'm such a huge adv advocate for therapy, by the way. But sometimes I'm like, I feel like maybe therapy is for people that struggle to talk, you know, for people that sort of need probing to get their feelings out, to acknowledge their feelings and put them into words. And <laughs> I'm not someone that needs that. I quite obviously have not no problem, but it does come relatively easily um, to me to share my feelings. I'm an open person. So I kind of went in hoping to get, I guess, a bit more pragmatic help uh, rather than, I want to say emotional help. No, I obviously need that as well. But do you know what I mean? Not just talking. Um, although we did end up doing a lot of talking. I mean, what else are you going to do? And it's crazy how I did feel like I came out of the first session and I had a bit of an, I don't know if an eye-opening moment is really the word, but she shared with me, my therapist that is, that actually she has a little one as well, um, seven years old. Um, I don't even know, am I allowed to say that? I don't know, confidentiality, you don't know who she is. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm worried that she's going to come after me and sue me or something. Um, but she is, yeah, so a mum and she said that she didn't enjoy being a mum. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I know that, like, I have heard that. People have told me that before. But there's something about hearing it from, from a professional psychiatrist, right? And all of a sudden, I started wondering, like, am I just meant to not enjoy this time of my life? And is it okay? Maybe it's actually okay. Maybe I'm not meant to love this time, the first, you know, year or maybe even two years of being a mum. And have I just been fighting against myself and it's causing me so much more harm rather than just accepting that actually it is okay that I'm not loving my life at the moment. I think I have been trying to push back and trying to do xyz trying to find ways to enjoy because I felt like I was saying at the beginning I just felt like surely I can't not enjoy my life right and the thing is I don't mean not enjoy my life in a suicidal way um and and of course some people ex will experience that and and that's also okay by the way um it's not where I feel I'm at there's you know it's a spectrum right but is it okay that I'm just not fucking loving it all the time and I hadn't realized that maybe, maybe it's okay. Maybe I'm not meant to love life right now. And my role is just being this project manager that my sister and I spoke about a couple weeks ago. And maybe if I just embrace that rather than fighting against it, you know, and feeling such anger and resentment towards this role, this mum role, this project manager role, that, you know what, I'm actually not half bad at. I think that's also the thing. Like, I'm good. I'm good at managing the household. I'm I'm a good mum. My little girl is happy 
and healthy and smiling and she's adventurous and curious and loving and that's that's on me that's me right that's me and of course it's George as well he's present but with all due respect it's more me than him um and that's you know not to paint him in a bad light he goes to work he has to go to work we need to live we need money like whatever but it is me and ah fucking well done me, (laughs) you know, like, yes, well done us, mums who are at home, not enjoying ourselves, and making amazing humans, and maybe it's okay that I'm not loving it, and I know I've said that a million times, but for me, it's like, wow, I hadn't thought that maybe it was just okay that I wasn't loving my life, and that at some point, a time will come that I will love my life, and that will be all the more amazing, because I've gone through this little dip in my heart rate, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, because otherwise I would flatline and I wouldn't be able to enjoy when things were really at their fucking best. Ah, because also, like, let's be real, what is there to enjoy? Like, obviously, there's this little human that you love more than anything in the world. And again, if you're at the stage, you know, in the early days or the bit of later days where you don't feel like you love this human 100% of the time, that's also okay. I have been there wondering, what the fuck have I done? Have I genuinely made, made a mistake? That's also okay. There does come a point where you love them and I honestly I never thought that I would get to this point where Isla was like my friend she's becoming my friend she's becoming like my best friend and I feel I feel a bit cringe saying that because she's you know 18 months oh my gosh speaking of 18 months guys I feel so awful so Isla turned 18 months last week it was a Tuesday and I completely forgot and I didn't realize until the Friday when I had a friend over for coffee and we were she was like how old is Isla now and I was like 16 months and then she was counting back and I was like oh my god fuck it's 18 months and I just felt like the world's worst mum that I had forgotten to acknowledge that she was 18 months because I feel like for some reason 18 months feels like a really big milestone is that just me you just see again the fucking social media people post like 18 months of you love you can't believe this amazing human you're growing into fuck off they're they're annoying they tantrum and do you know what I mean this is what I mean what is there actually to enjoy like in terms of the day-to-day of course you have beautiful moments where they do something they say your name they hold your hand you know or they give you a hug and they really really squeeze you they fall asleep on your chest and you can feel their heartbeat and their breath and it's absolutely nothing compares to those feelings but again they're small and fleeting the general consensus is they're fucking little terrors running around wanting stuff that they shouldn't want throwing their food away not eating what they should be eating not doing what they should be doing and again that's fine that's you know that's exactly what a 18 month old two year old whatever it is that's exactly what toddler should be doing but it's fucking tough it's fucking tough you're telling me that's fun for an adult for the main caregiver absolutely not you're running around just trying to control this little human even though in your head you're like no I don't want to control them too much I want them to you know explore themselves fuck off do do you want basically what you want you want them to do what you want them to do without forcing them to do it 
Do you know what I mean? That would be ideal if that could happen. But it doesn't happen. And it's really difficult trying to figure out who you are as a parent. Because now, so you are this parent, you've got this label, but now you're having to, again, actively parent and decide how you want to handle each situation. And that is really difficult mentally, you know, trying to figure out who you want to be as a parent, what sort of mum I want to be, but also having to actively do it every single day. Whilst, by the way, sacrificing aspects of your life for this human that just doesn't understand why mummy might just want five minutes by herself to have a poo and doesn't want you sat on her lap whilst she's doing it, you know? Uh, yeah, it's hard. So tell me, like, what is there to enjoy, you know? Um, but recently I have been listening to a few podcasts where people talk about their kids and, you know, their kids are now grow on, grown up and they're like talking about back in the day. Oh, and I'm so grateful because these people say, I couldn't enjoy it then. But when you look back, you inevitably wish that you could have enjoyed it more, but then you also need to be not too hard on yourself because it's so impossible to enjoy when you're in the thick of it. Anyway, all this to say, yeah, I think it's okay that we're not loving it. Um, I do have a lot of worry that I come across too negative. Um, I feel like somehow we, do you ever feel this, that we need to like prove to people that we're happy? Like, oh yeah, no, but I'm loving. When someone asked me like, how's things? I literally, I don't know what to say. You know, we saw um, some friends at the weekend at the pub and they were like, oh, how's things? How's Isla? And it's so such a passing comment it's like all you can do is say yeah they're good because you just cannot start to get into the genuine answer to that question you know it's such a weighted question when you're a parent I feel in my experience that I just can't even begin to to start telling you so inevitably I'm just gonna say yeah things things are good and then you know make some sort of joke about Isla shitting herself (laughs) (laughs) and then we'll move on to you. I think also that's why relationships, like platonic relationships, friendships, change so much when when you become a parent, when you're a mom, because, ah, I don't know, it's difficult. I'm really lucky. I have some friends who don't have kids and they're unbelievably understanding and it's like nothing has changed and I'm grateful for that. And then I have obviously friends with kids and then, you know, inevitably they 100% know what I'm going through so they can relate to me and they're really empathetic. But then there's people, and then the thing is, it's also, it's not because people don't understand or don't want to understand. Also, let's bear in mind, everyone's got their own fucking shit, right? I think also I will say when you're a mom or when I became a mom, in my head I was like, what I'm going through is so much bigger than what anyone else is going through, right? Because it is fucking huge. It is fucking huge, but it's all relative. It's the biggest thing for me. But of course, me becoming a mom isn't the biggest thing for, you know, someone else. Of course not. We've all got our own fucking shit. And I think we need to realize that um, and just be compassionate towards people. I think at first I did feel obviously, you know, upset and a little bit frustrated when I realized that the dynamics in some of my relationships were changing. And I think that's okay, that's normal, but everyone's got their own stuff and maybe those people weren't in a place to be able to hold space for me, but do you know what? Just like I wasn't in a place to be able to hold space for them anymore because now I had a baby. I have Isla and my life is is busy. What I will say about that is I actually had a friend of mine contact me uh, a couple of weeks ago and she sent me a memo. She was like, oh, I'm driving past. She actually, <laughs> she listens to the podcast. <laughs> hey, Halt. 
<laughs> but I, she sent me this memo. She was like, I'm driving past, it, you know, I'm stuck in traffic. If you have a sec, I could pop in for a cup of tea, blah, blah, blah. I didn't listen to the text, to the memo, sorry, Um, until the next day. And then she sent me a message like, oh my gosh, no, of course, like, you're so busy. You know, I did think, oh, maybe I shouldn't text because you're probably too busy. And in my head, I thought, and I did say this to, the, to her because, you know, relationships do change. Um... And maybe in, you know, with other people, they hold animosity and like, that's fine. I personally don't because I genuinely believe that like everything, relationships, they go through ebbs and flows and that's okay. But I said to her, please always call or text or memo or whatever, you know, the form of communication is. Never think that I'm too busy because granted, yes, I am busy. But the busyness is like fucking tedious. It's like cleaning the house, doing the laundry, you know, changing nappies. It's so like boring. Please never think that I'm too busy for like human contact because I do think that people without kids, and maybe this is a generalization and I'm sorry if it is, but I think from, well, I can only speak for myself. I was going to say from the point of view of people with parents, but I'm only going to speak for myself. I think sometimes it can come across like people assume that you're so busy and you can't have time to do anything that doesn't revolve around your kid. And although to a certain extent, maybe yes, but also like, <laughs> please take me out of my fucking misery. Like, come distract me and my kid, you know, because actually I also find that it's easier to parent with someone with me. Is that really weird? Is that strange that I guess I feel like also, I think it's for Isla, it's like new. It's, you know, there's a new stimulation. There's another energy in the room and it just completely changes the dynamics of the day. And I think that's healthy for me. But I also think actually it's healthy for Isla and for any child to just, ah, oh, yeah, to just have someone over for a cup of tea. So um, I just wanted to put that out there um, in case I have any non-mums listening and you know, you're thinking, oh, my friend has a baby and she's probably too busy for me. Um, it probably feels like that. And on her behalf, <laughs> we are sorry. We are sorry that we don't have it in us to be the first one to communicate. But I promise you that if you communicate with us, it is so well received because it's a tough gig. Yeah, that is that. I felt like I had so much more to say. I'm looking at, I've got some little notes, um, because otherwise if I don't make notes, I'm worried that I will just go off tangent, off to tangent, off to tangent. But yeah, that's, um, that's where I'm at, um, at the moment. Um, yeah, things are feeling, uh, I was gonna say heavy, but then there's positive, um, things as well. Actually, the sweetest thing happened the other day. I was teaching a yoga class on Zoom. I was covering. Um, I only do cover work at the moment. I don't really teach regularly, which I would love to more. Obviously, I think I've been open about how much I'm keen to go back to work a little bit more and teach and hold space. But I think I, like I was saying at the beginning, there's been this resistance, like, who the fuck am I? You know, I know that's my demon talking, but it's been telling me who the fuck am I to hold space for people when I'm really, really struggling inside. But I'm realizing that actually, you know what, probably makes me even more qualified because I really, I really know um, how difficult it is to 
to come back from such a low place, from the depths of the depths of the depths. And actually, to be fair, I have felt super inspired by my own yoga practice at the moment um, in a life-changing way. And I think, I think the thing is, there's this stigma I feel with yoga because it's this, it's a lifestyle, right? Yoga. And I feel like any job, you have ups and downs in your job. Sometimes you enjoy it more. Sometimes you feel really inspired. And other times it might not inspire you as much. But I feel like because yoga is seen as this sort of, you know, lifestyle and well-being, which it 100% is, it feels like there's a stigma that you must be loving it always 100% of the time. And admittedly, you know, I haven't. And I think that's okay. And actually, no, it's not that I haven't enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed it. Every single time I get on my mat, honestly, I just, the benefits are unbelievable. Even if it's just five minutes, even if it's a quick sun salutation. And I am, because I feel so inspired by it at the moment, actually, I am also uh, behind the scenes working on a couple little projects because I would love to encourage some of you moms or anyone else to practice with me because whether it's the medication that has helped me to see a bit more clearly, maybe it is, um, or maybe it's just, it's normal that we go through the ebbs and flows just like most things in life and I'm reconnecting to my own practice and therefore I just feel really called to share the practice with more people to show how genuinely life-changing it can be and I know that that sounds really cringy, <laughs> I feel a bit cringe saying it out loud but it really is to find moments of calm, to come back to ourselves connect to our body, connect to our breath. It's such a fast-paced world and there is so much noise. And if we can create a little bit of distance between ourselves and that noise of the outside world and even sometimes the noise of the inner chatter of our brain through movement, through yoga, through breathing, it's, I can't tell you what it's brought me. Aside from the physical benefits of gaining strength and flexibility in my body, it is just, it honestly, it changes my day. I notice a vast difference on the days where I get on my mat and the days that I don't. And at the moment, I'm actually doing a little like sort of challenge with myself. I try and get on my mat every single day, even if it's just for not even five minutes, even if it's just for two minutes, even if it's just one quick sun salutation, or even if I just sit there and breathe for a moment and just try to disconnect from the noise and the outside, you know, chatter. Um, because when do we just sit and breathe? How often do we genuinely just sit and connect to ourselves, connect to our truth, connect to what's really important, which is just which is just us and how we feel, connect to our feelings and tell ourselves that, you know what, how we're feeling, how we're feeling is okay. And I think that's so important, if not absolutely vital and essential for, for a healthy life, you know, in general, because we try and stuff our feelings so much. And I think if we can just acknowledge wherever it is that we're at, that's okay. And doing that through movement and exploring what the body can do in yoga or actually, you know, whatever movement style is your choice of movement is perfect for me. I love yoga. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I don't know if you guys are keen yogis, maybe we might be able to practice together soon. And I would absolutely love that. If you are keen yogis, 
let me know. Is there anything that you would like to explore in terms of yoga or learn? I would love to hear from you. That would be so great. Yeah, let me know. But yeah, anyway, I was teaching a yoga class the other night on Zoom and George had to hide out in the bedroom with Isla because she hadn't yet gone to sleep. I mean, it's one of those things. She should have been in bed already. It should have been fine. But she hadn't. What can you do? And oh, by the way, that class, I will say it was such a good class, if I may say so myself. And sometimes I fucking, I really needed that to be a good class because I doubt myself a lot because I'm not in the best headspace. Inevitably, my demons are going to be a bit louder and that's okay. And I'm trying to hold space for them as well because they come from a good place. And I think we need to remember that they're trying to keep us safe. But you know what? Thank you for telling me that maybe this is going to be difficult, but actually I'm going to decide to do it anyway because I can and I will. And I did. <laughs> and it was such a good class and the feedback I got from my students was beyond anything I could have hoped for. I'd been, I've been teaching for that studio for a long time, just on and off. And um, I hadn't taught some of them in a while since like before lockdown, even since before I had Isla. And they said it was so nice to see me. They loved my classes, you know. Oh, just, yeah, I, I really needed to hear all of that good feedback. And it goes to show that actually, you know what, I'm, I'm good at my job and maybe I am still meant to be a yoga teacher and maybe there is a place for me as a yoga teacher here. And I think we all doubt ourselves and I think we need to remember that whatever our craft is, there's a place for it in this world. Um, imposter syndrome is so, so big um, with everyone, I think, whether we admit it or not. Um, and I think we all need to trust that we are good at our jobs. And yeah, there's there's a place for it and we need to believe in ourselves. I was going to say the good thing. Well, that was a good thing. Oh yeah, there was something else. This is what I'm going to end on. Um, I'm going to end on the fact that, oh, apparently George told me this afterwards when I finished teaching this class, that apparently Isla was stood at the top of the stairs pointing down going mama 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 because she could hear me downstairs doing my class on zoom and she hadn't yet fallen asleep and she just wanted to be with me she kept pointing down saying mama 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 and then George would try and bring her back onto the bed and then she would go back off the bed to the top of the stairs going mama mama and ah oh, Gosh, you know, you feel like you're failing as a mom every single day. I know I do. Um, not all day, every single day, but at least, at least once every single day, I will feel like I'm not a good enough parent. And yet, my little girl wants me. When I'm not there, she can hear me and she wants me. And surely that means, you know, that I'm doing a good job. Um, yeah, I look forward to continuing to heal to be a better mom for her, but a better person just for myself as well. And um, yeah, I guess figure out a little bit of what this future holds for me. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone else is resonating with anything that I'm saying. I would absolutely love to hear from you. It's a tough gig, not just becoming a parent, but just feeling a little bit inadequate um, in our, our place. Um, I think I've felt that my whole life, just this sense of inadequacy, like I don't know where I belong in the world. And I guess I feel like surely I should know, right? I'm 32 years old. I'm an adult. Surely I should know what my, where I belong, what my role is, but I don't. And now I'm also a mum and I'm having to figure it out whilst in this role that I feel hugely underqualified for, right, to be a parent. Um, 
and that's that's not easy yeah we've actually uh, we've been sleeping with Isla a little bit more recently um and I feel like a bit naughty saying that I feel like I need to like whisper it we've been sleeping with Isla Shh. but I'm not hating it and I'm reading this book actually um Mayim Bialik I, my sister and I spoke about her interview with Howard Stern I think this was not the last episode I did with her but a few ones before um she talks about attachment parenting and she wrote a book called Beyond This Link and Joe and I actually are going to discuss the book we've put in the calendar a little date to discuss parenting techniques together because I think we're on the same-ish level. Well, I mean, I guess we'll figure it out. But yeah, Beyond the Sling by Mayim Bialik. I haven't yet started it. I look forward to telling you guys what I think about it. But I would love to know everyone's thoughts on attachment parenting and sleeping with our kids, co-sleeping, where you sort of stand. Are you pro? Are you against it? Why, out of curiosity? We... I don't know. I kind of go back and forth if I'm honest. Um, I have been sleeping with Isla a little bit more, mainly because, you know what, I'm knackered. And when she wakes up in the night, I can't be asked fighting it you know I can't be asked just standing over her crib until she settles so inevitably I take her up to our bed or sometimes I go down to the day bed but the other day George took her up oh my gosh and we actually had such a good night's sleep that being said the night after we took her up and we had a horrendous night's sleep because she was moving so much anyway yeah parenting techniques it's such an interesting conversation isn't it my opinion is I don't know if I have a parenting technique. I'm just trying trying to do the best I can with what I have um, and whatever feels good for me. And I think that's all we can do, right? What feels good for us is exactly what we should be doing. Yeah, because it's tough. It's fucking tough. And it's okay if you are not enjoying it 100% of the time. That's a huge realization. And I'm going to try and embrace my role of being project manager <laughs> of my house, you know, managing everyone's schedules and my role as a mom. And it's okay that I'm not loving it because, you know, and also she's growing up now, it will start to get more fun. How much can you enjoy it when your baby's just crying and feeding and not feeding and you know just embracing the ups and downs of not enjoying it but having moments of magic in between you know the struggles and I think that's all that we can do I am really really grateful to you guys um for listening to the podcast I can't tell you what it means I know that some of you listen regularly and it really it means the world I feel safe with you guys. Thank you for, you know, when you send me messages, I'm really, really grateful. I honestly cannot put into words how much it means to me. If you haven't reviewed the podcast, you can review the podcast. So actually like write a little message. If you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, you know what, even if you don't listen to it on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone and you have the Apple Podcast app, please, please, please consider going to review the podcast. Just a couple lines, give it five stars. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, I would be really grateful because yeah, I would just like to um, reach more people and just tell the world that it's fucking okay if we're not fucking loving it all the time. Ah, that is my mantra. <laughs> for today. <laughs> I'm sending you lots of love. Have a wonderful Tuesday if you listen on the Tuesday when the podcast comes out, but whatever day you are listening to this, I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Mwah. Ciao.